Welcome you again to our Faith Builders class. Thank you all for being here this morning. We're going to spend some time in God's Word together. And this is um, a study that the Lord had led me to over the last month or so. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16 says, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Holiness is defined by Webster as purity or integrity of moral character, freedom from sin. How many this morning have read or heard of the book Pursuit of Holiness by Jerry Bridges? I think most of you have. It's a very good book that points us to what we need to do on a daily basis in pursuing holiness. And I want to share a few quotes as we begin this study. This is all out of Jerry Bridges' A Pursuit of Holiness. Too often we say we are defeated by this or that sin. No, we are not defeated. We are simply disobedient. It might be good if we stop using the terms victory and defeat to describe our progress in holiness. Rather, we should use the terms obedience and disobedience. As we grow in holiness, we grow in hatred of sin And God, being infinitely holy, has an infinite hatred of sin. We become so accustomed to our sins, we sometimes lapse into a state of peaceful coexistence with them. But God never ceases to hate them. The Christian living in disobedience also lives devoid of joy and hope. But when he begins to understand that Christ has delivered him from the reign of sin... When he begins to see that he is united to him who has all power and authority and it's possible to walk in obedience, he begins to have hope. And as he hopes in Christ, he begins to have joy. Those are just a few quotes from that book. A very good book. If you haven't read it, a very good book to to read and, and apply. A lot of application. God is holy. We are sinful. And once we have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and repent of our sin, we begin to walk what's called sanctification, being set apart as we pursue holiness on this earth. Psalm 119, 9 through 16 is what we want to look at this morning. And it shares God's answer in our pursuit of holiness and explains how this answer cleanses us from the control Sin has over us in our daily walk with the Lord. So we're going to be looking at Psalm 119, beginning at verse 9. invite you to join me as we read this passage. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to thy word. With all my heart I have sought thee. Do not let me wander from thy commandments. Thy word I have treasured in my heart, that I may not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies, as much as in all riches. I will meditate on thy precepts and regard thy ways. I shall delight in thy statutes, I shall not forget thy word. Before we look at this passage, let's pause for a word of prayer. Great God and Father, we thank you 
so much for your love, for your patience with each one of us. Father, we get in a hurry so often, and yet you've told us many, many times, wait on you, wait upon the Lord. Father, we know your timing, your plan for each one of us is higher than we can ever dream. And we're just thankful, Lord, that as your children, we have the opportunity to walk with you each day. And Father, I just pray as we look to your word for guidance this morning, as we look to the Psalms, that you would teach us through your Holy Spirit and also to apply what we learn. We thank you and look forward to what you'll do in each of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, first we have the question and answer in our pursuit of holiness. Verse 9, how can a young man keep his way pure? How can he cleanse his way, as some translations have? Well, first of all, that question, a young man, who's that? Is that just young teenage boys? No, it's talking about all ages, including everybody here. As once we're saved, we are to cleanse or keep our way pure. Literally, this means that we are to remove filth or foul matter of any kind, to purify, to scour, to scrape, to heal. In other words, purifying from sins that easily trip us up as God is working in our lives and we're pursuing through sanctification to be more and more like Christ, more holy. As we walk with the Lord every day, more and more of Him should show in our lives and less and less of ourselves. The world says, put yourself first, For the believer, it's put God first. And unless He's first in our lives, everything is going to be messed up. It's going to get messed up. I've heard some inmates, one inmate told me last week, he said, well, things were going pretty good, and all of a sudden I got arrested. I said, well, I said, do you think maybe God's trying to get your attention? He said, well, I guess, because I I lost all that money I was going to get for the drugs. It's amazing what they come up with. But again, it's God getting our attention. We as believers, God will do what's needed to get our attention at times when we're going down the wrong road and we keep getting back into those old habits, those old sinful habits, because He wants us more and more like Jesus. Because he knows that's where the joy is in becoming more and more like Jesus. The rest of verse 9 says, By keeping or taking heed according to your word. Taking heed means to follow, to observe, to go by what God's word says. Hebrews 4.12 reminds us, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's word gets into us deeply. And that's where it needs to be. Because until those deep changes God makes in our lives, we can't reflect. Jesus to the lost world around us. I think we'd all agree, especially in America, our country is getting darker and darker. More and more sins are not only being practiced, but they're being promoted. And when all that is happening, as we shared in another series, the more God's light can shine through us, 
But we've got to be willing to do that. We need to be willing to say, God, if you want me to take a stand, I will. And it might cost us something. But we only have one time to journey on this earth serving the Lord. After the question and answer in our pursuit of holiness comes an intense cry for God's help to not ignore obeying God's word. Look with me at verse 10. With all my heart I have sought thee. Do not let me wander from thy commandments. Here we see a cry. God, I need your help. I want to obey your word. I want to follow it. I want it to be a big part of my life. I want to follow you, but it's not easy. I'm crying out. It's an intense cry for help. We ever get in those situations? Where God's removed all the answers we can think of, and then God says, okay, now you've been waiting for mine. Now let me work it out. Sometimes God will bring us to the point where all we can do is cry out. Nehemiah, when he was leading the nation of Israel to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Remember, they were slandering him. They were talking about all the rumors and saying, Nehemiah, you're trying to build your own kingdom. We're going to let your boss know about that and he's going to come kill you and all these kind of things going on. And finally in Nehemiah, Nehemiah the prophet says, God, help me. I don't know what to do. God has that answer there. And then when that answer comes, he gets all the praise and the glory because God did it. We didn't have anything to do with it. Just like salvation, it's all of God, nothing of us. He's the one who keeps us day to day. The word sought here means to seek, inquire, demand, saying, Lord, help me. I I can't do this on my own. And we can't. We have to trust God day to day. Because when we try to do it in our own strength, then we falter, then we fail. There was another inmate who told me, Chaplain, I've tried and tried to quit drinking. He told me this on Thursday. He said, I just can't have victory over it. I, I've gone to AA and I'm good for a while and, and I've learned some things there. But he said, I can't have the victory. I said, what about your heart? Where are you with the Lord? Hmm, well, he said, you don't have a program you can suggest? No. But I can tell you somebody who can help you overcome it so you won't need it. Please pray for Matthew. That's his first name. He's under deep conviction, but he hasn't made a decision. But God's working. The writer of this psalm, with everything within him, cries out for God to keep him, help him keep God's word and not wander away. It's not always easy to obey God's word. Noah, remember, in building the ark back in Genesis, took him 120 years and he preached and he shared and he told people, repent, and nobody listened to him. But he kept doing what God told him to do. Joshua, it's the people of Israel, he didn't know the plan. How are we going to defeat Jericho? March around the city and seven times and Seventh day, blow trumpets and they'll fall down. That was the plan. You know why? It was God's plan. And did it work? When Joshua led the people, they did it God's way. And it worked. Because he was committed to obeying God's plan. 
Daniel, one of my favorite characters in the Old Testament, prayed three times a day, even when it cost him his life being thrown into the lion's den, he still was obeying what God wanted him to be doing. David, as he stood before Goliath, wasn't his own strength, was it? And those little stones, how are you going to defeat a giant with a stone? God guided where that went. And God got the victory, but he used David. Now we have an answer to pursuing holiness in verses 9 and 10. It's by keeping or heeding God's word. We're told three ways we need to obey God's word in the rest of the passage. And the first one is shared in verses 11 and 12. Thy word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord. Teach me thy statutes. Memorizing, ingesting. We need to memorize God's word. We need the, the word here means, and what it's talking about here is ingesting, internalize, treasure God's word by memorizing it, to cleanse our thoughts, to defend against giving in to sin. One thing in Awana that we work with, uh, the Sparks, the Sparks key verse, John 3.16, and it's such a joy to hear them when they've all memorized that, but what a tremendous verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We teach him that verse and we teach him what it means. Not just to memorize something but to, to hide it in their heart. When Jesus was tempted by Satan in Matthew 4, what did he quote? Every time Satan came to him and said, what about this? And what about it? We'll give you this and all that. He quoted scripture. What a good example for us. We need to memorize scripture. I shared with an inmate about a month ago. He said, I can't memorize, chaplain. My response was, so you're saying God the Holy Spirit can't help you memorize verses? Well, no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> He's memorizing verses. But he knows what they mean. Because the more we use them, the more we apply them, the more they are internalized, the more they become a part of who we are. And that's part of the sanctification we're going through as believers. What does Ephesians share is our only offensive weapon in wrestling against principalities and powers and against rulers? What is it? Take up the sword of the Spirit. That's the word. The Word of God. As we fill our minds with God's Word, there is less room for sin, which so easily can ensnare us, as Hebrews 12:1 says. Satan studies us. And when we're a Christian, he can't keep us from being saved, but he tries to trip us up, tries to get our focus off anything from the Word and from following the Lord. And so we're looking over here. Uh-oh, better watch that. We're not looking where we need to be looking. It's like Peter when he walked on the water. He was fine, wasn't he, when he had his eyes on Jesus. But when he started looking around, that's when he had trouble. And then he started to sink, and all he could say was, Help! And the Lord didn't say, Go ahead and drown. He went over and grabbed him, and together they walked on water 
back to the boat. So he had some faith, but he was growing. But he got his eyes off where it needs to be. Every morning we need to say, Lord, help me to keep my eyes on you. Because then I can see what your purpose, what your plan is for me today. And that's walking with you. Letting you set me apart for your glory. As we fill our minds, there's less room again for all that other garbage that tends to fill it. It doesn't take long, does it? I hear it the jail, sometimes the TV's on over there. Sometimes I hear some conversations. I don't want to hear, but I hear them. You ever walk by and somebody's got a conversation going on, you don't have a clue, but it's pretty intense. So do you say something or you walk by? God helps us discern when to speak up. Say something. Because those people we brush shoulders with every day and those opportunities we have every day, they could go out and get hit by a bus and eternity's decided. It's done. I look at with working with inmates at the jail. What an honor, what a privilege. I love to do that. I look at that every day as an opportunity to maybe meet somebody I'll never meet again. But I want them to know the God I serve and that He's real. And when they talk with me about religion... I say it's a relationship. It's, it's not religion. It's, it's a relationship. If our relationship isn't right with Jesus, someday it's not going to be say, well, I was a member of this church or that church or look at what all I did. And the Lord's going to say, I don't know you. Who are you? There's no relationship. John Piper shares, you may doubt that you can memorize Scripture, but ask yourself this question. If I offered you $1,000 for every verse you memorized in the next week, how many do you think you could memorize? Yet God's Word says there to be more, God's Word is to be more desirable than gold, sweeter than honey. Thy servant is worn, and keeping them there is great reward. The real value of the Word is far greater than a thousand a verse. The question is, do you believe this? Believing this will be the crucial motivation you need. And here's uh, something else that John Piper shares. You can do this when Dawson Troutman, you ever heard of him? The founder of the Navigators. When he became a Christian in 1926, he was driving a truck for a lumber yard. While driving, he would work on memorizing a verse a day. During the first three years of his life as a Christian, he memorized his first thousand verses. If he can do it, you can do 52 a year. So that's encouragement from John Piper. God helps us to do it. We need to do it. We need to memorize it. If it's something that we're treasuring in our hearts, we will want to do it. Because believe me, and, and we all know this, when Satan comes at us and tries to blindside us, we, we don't have time to say, well, wait a minute, Satan, I'm going to find something here to use it. No, it doesn't work. But if it's up here, the Holy Spirit draws it to the front of our minds and we can use it. Because Satan can't stand up to the Word of God. It's God's Word. The second way, 
by testifying of it. We see this in verses 13 and 14. With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. We need to testify of God's word. With my lips, it says. We need to declare, announce, relate, tell God's word. Many, many times, and we know in Psalm 119, God talks about God's word and how important it is. Let's look at a few other verses. Look with me at verse 20, a little further down in Psalm 119. My soul is crushed with longing after thine ordinances at all times. Verse 30, I have chosen the faithful way. I have placed thine ordinances before me. Verse 39, Turn away my reproach which I dread, for thine ordinances are good. Over and over in Psalm 119, it's emphasized how important it is to have God's Word in our daily lives, to follow, to live by, to obey. We share God's Word as we are taught through God the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. Are we teachable? Do we allow the Holy Spirit to teach us every day? Romans fifteen sixteen, That I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God that offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. We need to understand the Holy Spirit's daily work in our lives. When we hinder it by sin, that's taking all of our time, that slows down that sanctification God wants to be doing, that setting apart God wants to have going on in our lives. Because believe me, when those around us we work with, we come in contact with, maybe bump carts with at Publix or wherever we're at, when they know we're a Christian, they're going to watch us. And the next time something comes up and they would be throwing their hands up in despair, what do we do? Do we pray for one another? That God will give that answer, not for our glory, but for God's glory? Where they say, wow, I would have never believed that. How did God answer that? And we can explain what our relationship is with Him. That He saved us. He did it all. By grace we are saved. We can't brag about any of it, but we can proclaim it. We can testify what God has in His Word by knowing it, by memorizing it, by using it. Not long ago, one of our missionaries, Mike Shaw, with SOS, testified of God's word to those who were beating him in Nigeria. If you were in the last few minutes, possibly, of your life, would you be testifying? What would you be doing? What a testimony that Mike has. All the places he goes, the dangers he faces, he doesn't do that in his own strength. God's right there with him. And the victory is guaranteed. As the Lord says, He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He's always with us. Verse 14 speaks of rejoicing in the way of your testimonies, your statutes. It means be glad. Actually, the word means rejoicing means leaping. (laughs) 
leaping spiritually, springing up in the way of God's Word. That we let it have an impact. That we wake up and we're almost jumping up in the air. God, thank you for this verse. Thank you for this passage. Thank you that you have this here for me. And I can see how it needs to be a part of my life. Often we rejoice in material goods we have, don't we? Honestly. That new 5S, I don't know, 6S, 7, whatever it is. Can't keep up. Got a 60-inch plasma, smart TV, 1080 HD. I, you know, I learned a lot of acronyms in the Army, but I can't keep up with all, these, with all these products. Or that latest Mac computer. Oh, you have last year's model? Well, you better get the new one. But we should rejoice so much more in God's Word and testify it because it's a part of our daily lives. We're living by it. We're obeying it. And again, as earlier stated here, the cry, Lord, help me to keep Your Word. Because that's the only way we can cleanse our lives. That's the only way we can move toward being holy like God. We'll never be holy on this earth. We'll never be that way, but we can be sanctified. We can be more and more Christ-like so that the world says there's something different in your life. What is it? And it's Jesus. He saved me. He didn't deserve it. But He did. And I'm thankful for it. Do we get excited spiritually as we share the Scripture with others? Or do we say, oh, well, here's, here's a verse for you. <laughs> That's not encouraging, is it? Remember, it says here, leaping. Be joyful about it. What a privilege we have. We've got God's Word. Charles Swindoll was traveling by air to speak at a conference, and he shared this at a conference I was able to hear, but he sat next to a man who started a conversation with him, and they were talking. And those seats are so close together, you know how it is in the airlines. Chuck asked this man about his faith, and he responded this way, I don't go to church much, but there is someone I love to hear on the radio. His name is Chuck Swindler. <laughs> He had the first name right and almost the last. <laughs> but from that humorous open door, Chuck Swindoll was able to lead this man to the answer, Jesus. So we don't know. We don't know how God's going to work. Isn't that great? God has the plan. But we need to be willing to see it and go by it. Sometimes we get in the way of our own answer, don't we? God's Word cleanses us and will never return void when it's shared. Acts 4, 29 and 31 shares as the apostles needed boldness to share the Word. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your Word. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the Word of God. How? With boldness. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that great? We can testify of God's Word. The third way we can cleanse our way is by meditating upon it. Look with me at verses 15 and 16. I will meditate on thy precepts and regard thy ways. 
I shall delight in thy statutes. I shall not forget thy word. Meditate means to literally to talk with oneself. Nobody does that, do they? They say it's okay. You know, you kind of have you ever done that? Talk to yourself? How many have done that, honestly? Okay, well, most of you have. I didn't think I was the only one. But they say the trouble is when you answer yourself, and you're in big trouble. But you can talk to yourself, just don't answer yourself. But meditating means we contemplate God's Word. We go over and over it, reviewing it, saying, Lord, teach me what you want me to know from your Word, from this verse. There's that worn out phrase, what would Jesus do? But as we contemplate God's Word, we need to consider what does Jesus and the Holy Spirit want to teach me to walk closer with God. Verse 16, as we're meditating and reflecting on God's Word, it says we're to be delighting, rejoicing, taking pleasure in God's laws, God's ordinances. Pastor Steve shared last Sunday night out of Ephesians, just as He, God, chose us in Him before the foundations of the world. He chose us. Wow. Do we get the impact of that? It wasn't anything we did. He didn't look at a long list and say, well, He's got 22 plus points. No. He chose us out of His grace. The fact that He chose anyone is God's grace. We sing this once in a while, this chorus here, but you know, this Chris Tomlin song, I Will Rise. There's peace that I've come to know, though my heart and flesh may fail. There's an anchor for my soul. I can say it is well. Jesus is overcome and the grave is overwhelmed. The victory is won. He has risen from the dead. But this chorus, and I will rise when he calls my name. He knows our name. Every day He knows our name. Whether we're here on this earth, whether we're here at the rapture, and He calls our name, whether He calls our name when we go through the valley of the shadow of death, God is there. We're His children. We're His sons and daughters. We're adopted into God's family. How about you? But that, that almost sends chills up my back to think about that. The God of the universe knows our name. How often do we meditate on God's Word? We read it. You know, I know we go through God's Word and we study it and go through it in a year and and that's all good. But do we spend time meditating upon it? Contemplating it? One commentator speaks of meditation as a cow rechewing its cud has like, I don't know, six or seven stomachs, a cow does. And so it rechews and rechews. I know maybe that's kind of a morbid example, but that's what this one commentator said. We need to keep going over it and over it. And of course, as we're memorizing it, that shouldn't be a problem, should it? Because we're using it. As we meditate on God's Word and it continually is cleansing us from all the filth of this world and our sinful nature, we will grow more and more into the image that reflects God's holiness to this lost world who so desperately needs the Lord. 
And then the last part of verse 16, I will not forget your word. Once we have it as part of our lives, we're using it, we're memorizing it, we're ingesting it. Now the promise, I will not forget your word. That's a challenge. It's a challenge for me, a challenge for all of us. That once we have it working in our lives, we don't forget it. We use it. And the more we use it, the less chance of forgetting as we've memorized it. And the more we share it verbally, the more we see God's Word impact on other people. We saw the impact when Jesus answered Satan with God's Word. Finally, what did He do after the third temptation? What did He do? Keep on? He left. Do we allow God's Word to cleanse us or do we let our old sin nature, all those habits, do we let giving into that, do we let that control us? Are we pursuing holiness in our lives? Do we care that we reflect great God who saved us by His grace? Are we letting God's Word cleanse us, clean us out? We really need it every day, don't we? Not just externally, we need it inside. As I've shared before, two things I tell the inmates, and I try to practice every day. Two things you need to think about every morning when you wake up. Number one, thank you, Lord, for waking me up. You have a purpose for me today. Don't know about tomorrow. Don't know about next week or next month. Because, God, you're outside of time. I know you're already there. But today you woke me up and you have me here for a reason today. Don't waste it. The second thing is, Lord, what lesson do you have for me today? And there's some we'd rather not have, like patience. How many love learning patience? Now remember that last time you were in the, uh, the fast food place and going through the drive-thru and that person ahead of you must have ordered 500 things off of the menu. Those little things all add up. But when we're learning patience, we're learning what God tells us time and time again in His Word. Wait on the Lord. Wait. Because God's timing is perfect timing. And in the meantime, we need to trust Him. Is God's Word active in our lives from the moment we wake up? Are we thinking on Him and on His Word? How's our memorization of the word going? You're saying, what is that? Memorization. <laughs> Important. So let's all examine our lives and see if we're allowing God's word to cleanse us every day. And if not, why not? Let's bow in a word of prayer. Great God and Father, I thank you this morning. You're on the throne. I thank you, Lord, for Psalm 119, 9 to 16 that reminds us to be holy because you've told us you're holy, we're to be holy. And you've told us in Psalm 119 to how to cleanse our ways. It's by your word. Help us to memorize it, testify of it, and meditate upon it. Because without your word, Lord, we're lost. We don't know what to do. But as you teach us through your Holy Spirit, your word, we have the, the guide, the roadmap for our lives here on this earth. Thank you so much. 
that we have your total word to study and to go by each day. Thank you so much for what you're doing in each life here. And Father, if we've been ignoring your word and not spending time with it, Father, remind us we, we need to get back on track. We give you the praise for what you're doing and what you will do. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.